Hello and welcome to the FSF Podcast Live Edition. Hello, kids and cadets. Welcome to the FSF Podcast Live Edition. This is our Wednesday Live at 5 variety. This is the Ahsoka Review Show. Now, last week we talked about episodes one and two. John and I are back to talk. And I just noticed that you're a prequel apologist. I love it. Okay. <laughs> uh, and we are back to talk about Ahsoka episode three. Yes. Um, now, before this episode came out, there was a lot of people out on the old interwebs already talking smack and crap about oh. this episode. Uh, yeah. that, you know, they were screwing up because of the runtime, it was only 37 minutes long. It was going to be this. It was, it wasn't going to be that all these different things. I have one thing to say to those people. Shut up. <laughs> I thought for 37 minutes, uh, the episode was done before I realized it. Me too. It had clipped, it had clipped along so fast and so well. I thought the episode was written really rather well. And before oh, I yeah. knew it, the episode was done. Yeah, the, um, the writers did an amazing job. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with that being said, I guess if I have a complaint about the 37-minute time period, I mean, I would like more. Don't get me wrong. I'm okay with more. You can give us more. We'll be okay with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I guess if that's the was the complaint, which that didn't really seem to ever be the complaint. There was... There was more to me felt like people looking for and finding a way to complain about something uh, Disney related. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, ever since the great canon wipe of what was it, 2014, 2012, whatever, people oh, have been complaining nonstop. Yeah. The uh, the piss pigeons have been out for sure. Oh, yeah. So, I take that's an what I call them. Yeah. Take an umbrella because the piss pigeons are out. So, that, you know, that is not patent pending. You're free to use that in your conversations. Oh, thank you. I'm not saying you want to. I'm not saying you want to. But <laughs> We're both a little slap happy tonight, aren't we? Uh, a little bit. It's been a, it's been a long couple days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's nothing that a good bit of medicine and bourbon can't fix. So not together, kids. Don't mix them together. Be smart about that stuff. All right. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the stuff that we did like from the show. Uh, okay. I'll start off with yeah. uh, my head shot up like a deer hearing a twig snap as soon as Maroc or Maruk or however you say his name started mm -hmm. talking. The uh, super secret inquisitor turned mercenary that all of us are trying to figure out his identity. Yes. He had lines um, this week. He had lines. They let him talk. And I feel like, and, I, and, I, and I'm not... Uh, for those of you who know about know this, I'm also a freelance contributor for a website called Dork Side of the Force. I'm writing an article right now. I'm submitting it to my uh, my editors uh, as soon as I'm done with this uh, about this very topic: the identity of of Maroc. Who is he? Who are who who are they? I should say because we don't know if it's a man or a woman. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, all we know is that it's an inquisitor. Right. Now, I believe I sent you earlier today um, a TikTok video where Sam Witwer was talking about the possibility of Starkiller. Yes. Yes. And so that I may, that have, I may theory, mention that in my Especially article. since about a year ago, he mentioned something about live action picking up and he couldn't say that he wouldn't be involved. Yeah. You know, um, it's a possibility. It's, intense, it's, it's a possibility. But, so I'll give you some spoilers. Here are my top three picks for who Maroc is. Okay. Or Merrick. <clears throat> Merrick. 
um, <clears throat> Galen Merrick. Um, so, uh, number one, Barris Ophie. Okay. Uh, from the Clone Wars. I already hated the Jedi. She, we have no canon confirmation of her death. And it wouldn't be the first time that Lucasfilm has hid somebody for, on the shelf for 10 years in order to bring them back. Just fair. saying. Just fair. Uh, there's some other things attached to that. And you'll have to read the article on Dork Side of the Force to find out more. Also, uh, second is Galen Merrick, a.k.a. Starkiller. Although he is not canon, he is very much considered Legends. This would be an excellent way for him to be brought into uh, canon from Legends and be made part of the story. It's a perfect fit. It really is. Um, you know, yeah. a simple change, especially since the Inquisitors were known for changing names. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And to go from Merrick to Marak would not be um, a big stretch. Right. But right. there's some other reasons there that could also be uh, could also mean that he could be this person. And, and lastly, uh, I'm, and the one I think I'm holding on to most tightly is I think it's Darkseid as a bridger. I, really I would not be surprised uh, because we all know, and I mentioned this in the article, we all know how Star Wars loves balance and symmetry. Mm -hmm. How cool would it be for Ahsoka to be able to have the chance to save her friend when she couldn't save her master? Right. So right. anyway, for more of that, you'll have to read Dark Side of the Force right. articles by Tim Bicegel. Anyway, the only other person I think it might be would be um, a clone. Because in the original Thrawn trilogy, there was Luke. Right, you know, clone Luke. Use. Um, so they it found the hand. Exactly. It could be a clone of Luke. It could be a clone <laughs> of Ezra. A clone yeah. of Ezra would actually be an interesting twist now, to, now that it comes out of my mouth. Um, actually, I like that a lot. Hold on. Yeah. I'm making notes for my article. No, it would be a nice subversion, <laughs> I think. That, yeah. uh, hey, we gave you what you thought it was, but not how you thought it was. How cool. Honestly, okay, so thinking about that, how cool would it be to have... Dark side clone Ezra fighting light sign right Ezra. Right. You know, in a in a scene where he's gotta yeah. he's gotta fight the clone of himself. Right. Yeah, I kind of want to see that now. Yeah. Thanks, John. Yeah, no problem. I mean, if I remember those novels right, it's been a couple years since I read them. The uh the clones had trouble fighting each other because they could read each other too well in the force. Right. The fights wouldn't go anywhere. So that'd be somebody else to step in, like maybe Sabine finally figuring out how to, you know stick somebody with the pointy end of the lightsaber, but she has to kill evil Ezra. Oh, you know what I forgot? To, you know what we forgot to do real quick now that we're talking about all this? Spoiler warnings? Hey, there's spoilers! Spoilers, right. spoilers, spoilers! We yeah, have sorry. lots of spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers. Okay. I did if I just spoil the 30-year-old novel, I'm really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Rosebud was the sled while we're at it. How dare you! It's what I do. <laughs> oh, all right. So, yeah, so there's lots of possibilities of who this could be, what it could be. And I think up until the time where it's actually released, we're either going to get a collective gasp of, mm -hmm. oh, I can't believe that was what it was, or a collective gasp of disappointment of, like, I can't believe who that's who it is. So I don't think there's a whole lot of middle ground on, on this reveal because the way it's being built up in the Star Wars community, because, you know, we're, if nothing else, we are our own best friends. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the way it's being built up, people kind of want this to be a big deal. And if it's not a big deal, I think we're going to have some. But it could be a little I, interesting. I trust um, Dave Filoni because of how well he pulled off the Luke Skywalker twist 
the surprise mm-hmm. appearance in uh, Mandalorian and how well he handled Clone Wars and Rebels and everything there and how loved they are. He knows how to tell these stories. As I like to call him, the Holy Filoni, Holly, hallowed be thy name. In Filoni so, we trust. It's right, in Filoni we trust, absolutely. Uh, he hasn't let us down so far. I've been very impressed with anything that his his name's been attached to. So, Right. All right, so okay. Yeah, well, there's some other things that we need to talk about in this episode as well. Uh, one of them I want to talk about was the Eye of Scion, this large jump ring, which harkens back to the Clone Wars and what would be around the, the smaller uh, interplanetary ships mm-hmm. that were used by Anakin and, and Obi-Wan. But right. this thing is is like Star Destroyer size. It is mammoth. Yeah. And it has seven Star Destroyer size hyperdrive cores. Yes. And uh, that's a lot of that's a big engine. And uh, uh, I can't remember what kind of blasters they were, but there was a whole bunch of blasters. I can't remember what they called them in the in the show. I'd have to go back and actually look at that. But yeah. heavy turbo lasers, I believe. We'll go with that. We'll go yeah. with that. Yeah. Heavy turbo lasers. Yeah. It sounds good Just to me. Ten times two. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah. So there, so there's a whole bunch of them on the outside of the ship uh, of this mm-hmm. of this uh, this ring. So, yeah, it makes me think that within the next episode, maybe two, we are shooting across the galaxy to go see, go go find Thrawn and Ezra. Would that be I the galaxy farther, farther away or the galaxy not so far away? Well, it depends on which direction they're traveling. If they exactly. go that way, you know, then it, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, Drayton, Drayton, how you doing, bud? Howdy, howdy, howdy. Hello. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I did go have ahead. a problem with the Eye of Scion. Yeah, go ahead. L- little problem, little storytelling problem. I've seen this happen in a lot of shows and movies in the recent years. You know, the the fighters or the uh, the turbo lasers finally hit the Ahsoka ship, right? Mm-hmm. And then it no longer appears on their scopes as it's floating through the Eye of Scion. Does the Eye right. have a blind spot? You know? It does appear that way. Uh, because... I, I know the umpire has some design issues in its past, you know, but um, come on. I believe that's what we call plot armor. Um... <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think this is one of those instances that in order for the story to move forward, they needed the ship to be invisible. They couldn't kill the main character in the third episode. Okay, whatever. Right. Now, in this episode, I thought they killed one of my favorite characters for a hot moment there. I thought they killed Hu Yang. Oh, yeah. When when he powered down and the explosion came in the side of the ship. Um, by the way, if you guys kill off Hu Yang, uh, I have to write so many I hate you letters because his um, David Tennant's ability to be snarky in this up ep- in these episodes through the form of robotics chef's kiss. It's giving me so much life. I swear, well, it is just, it's fantastic. I aspire so, to have that level of sass in my daily life. Right? And he's I feel just, sorry he's... for my boss on those days. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, David Tennant is just killing it uh, as Hu Yang. So, yeah. yeah. And I oh, love yeah. the fact that <laughs> he, he's talking to Sabine and he's like, yeah, you would have never been a Jedi. You, you're the worst Padawan ever. <laughs> 
You can't even move a teacup. Come on. What, what, why are you wasting our time here? Uh, absolutely loved it. He's like, you told her that? He says, well, it's just being honest. She would have never made the Jedi, the Jedi selection process. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I loved it. Uh, yeah. You know, nobody said a droid, uh, you know. He's honest. He's, he's not honest. To lie. You yeah. might not like it, but he's honest. So there is that. Just like your in-laws. You know my in-laws? No, I was kidding. <laughs> you know mine. <laughs> oh, oh, Drayton, you're you're missing out if you're gonna, if you're going to wait to watch it all at once. I mean, but I understand I that and appreciate that yeah. because I, at the end, that's what I do after I've watched all the episodes when they come out. I will go back and mm-hmm. and watch them uh, all consecutively because right, I have that kind of time apparently, yeah. and um, yeah, that's going to be a weekend. Oh, that's going to be a good weekend. It's gonna be a great weekend. Based on based on how things are going right now, that's gonna be a great weekend. I've I've yeah. enjoyed the first three episodes immensely, right? Uh, so far, so yeah. Oh, so Hera meeting with the Chancellor. I love. By the way, uh, huh. Mary uh, Elizabeth Winstead is killing it as Hera. I know she right? is, she's fantastic as Hera. Uh, yes. I was a little nervous. Uh, you know, I've liked her in other shows. So I'm nervous anytime we bring an animated character into live action with a different actor, Same. because a lot of that that character's intricacies are tied into the original voice actor and their their emotions and how they did things. And and having interviewed Vanessa Marshall, the, the voice of Harrison Dula, I was nervous because the way that Vanessa does her voice and, and plays that character in the, in the Rebels animated series made me nervous for Mary Elizabeth Winstead to take it over, even though she's a phenomenal actress uh, with yeah. a, with an, a very, very impressive resume. Mm-hmm. I still was nervous. Yeah. But anyway, to yeah. your point, I'm sorry. Yeah. I took over there. So that meeting, you know, Hera's making her case of the, you know, we're getting reports. These people think that Thrawn's still alive. And then Senator, how do you say his name? Ziano? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. I, I never watched Resistance, so I haven't heard it pronounced. Right. Um, he shoots that down a little too quickly for me. Yeah. Especially when she's coming in with reports of, so this shipyard was being run by Imperial loyalists who think Thrawn is still alive. We need to investigate this. Eh, He's like, nah, 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 waste of time, waste of resources. A little too quick. I also, but I also think that was one of the problems that was inherent in the New Republic system. Mm-hmm. Is that they were stretched so thin? You know, they were just a bands of rebels. They were not a, a collective, cohesive unit. That, even though the Empire clearly had its flaws, Sith run mm-hmm. that was problem number one. Yeah, they had infinite resources that the New Republic just does not have. Right. And the, the the New Republic is patchwork at best. Yeah, they also voluntarily got rid of ninety percent of their military. Yeah. And so. so therein lies part of the problem. And right. so I think that I don't think that Zianu was shooting it down just to shoot it down. I think I think in the back of his mind, he's shooting it down because he thinks that Hera's making, as he goes on to say, she's making this a personal quest and a way to try to find Ezra, that she's yeah. cloaking it with this. And he so he sees that as a, a waste of resources that they just don't have. Right. I mean, very I well. He's trying. I don't think he's trying to be a jerk. I mean, he was pulling it off really well. Right. 
But with the number of characters we've seen in Andor and Mandalorian, you know, who they're inside the New Republic. Well, okay, not Andor, sorry. Um, yeah, Mandalorian with people inside the New Republic who are working for the Empire. I, it's a real possibility to me. I don't know. Yeah, I, I could just be I think there's. Well, I think that, you know, even the episode showed us that there are people who were working for the New Republic who were still loyal to the Empire. Yeah. You know, long live the Empire, and, he, and they shoot at uh, Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, yeah, I don't think that it's, uh, I don't think it's a, a, a long leap. You don't have to do a lot of mental calisthenics to get there. Right. You know, so I think that that's a, entirely a possibility that that's where that could be heading in, on some of those levels. I don't think that that character is one of them, but I do think that he is going to have his perception of things maybe colored by by the impressions of people around him who may have that mm -hmm. trait. So he's just this series, uh, Mace Windu, making wrong decision every single time. Okay. Entirely possible, yes. Really? You know? For me, you know, yeah, that, that whole Mace Windu thing, that's a whole other conversation for a whole other time. We can do that another week. But yeah, he screwed up a lot. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> for as far and powerful as he was supposed to be... I'm going off on a tangent. Anyway, all right, next topic. Yeah. Uh, so... I did enjoy watching Sabine going through her training steps, not only with Huyang, but also with Ahsoka as well. And I love the callback to the Luke and Obi-Wan training on the Millennium Falcon when he yeah. puts on the blaster shield and with the remote uh, in, mm -hmm. in New Hope. But here in this episode, it's the, the training saber, a.k.a. the wooden stick and the blaster shield. And she says... How can I fight if I can't see? And the first thing I thought of was Luke talking to Obi-Wan. Well, yeah. How am I supposed to see if this blaster shield's in the way? Right. And so it's not an exact quote, you know, line for line, word for right. word. But I do like the little things that they're doing in this show to kind of harken back to other things. Uh, both oh, yeah. with like the Eye of Scion and the way that that's, you know, designed to look like the the uh, hyperdrive rings that went around the 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 interstellar ships and yep. then also like you know with this but then also bringing in characters of things that we're going to see in the near future with like the resistance uh episodes and things like that because you know uh the, the dude with the really hard to pronounce name that starts with the next that i can never remember how to say right. um yeah you know he's in that and so mm -hmm. but even with sabine's training as much as huyang thought she has no potential he's still right. working with her I think because he has to. I think Ahsoka's well, telling him to. <laughs> probably. But, you know, it's not like he's doing the, you know, he didn't give any indication of that. Like, this is a huge waste of my time, but go ahead and swing at me. Right. Um, no, I, I, I completely enjoyed that. And I also like the fact that they taught that there's the nice scene of Sabine and Ahsoka sitting there talking about Sabine's inability to reach out through the force. Mm -hmm. And the, the challenges that she's having with that, uh, reaching out through the force um, and the inability to open up. So I thought that was kind of interesting uh, as well. Yeah. So um, and then was it, what did she say to the cup? Uh, uh, oh, you win this round when she's yeah. she's sitting there. She's trying to pull the force, pull the, the, the small teacup to her. And she can't do that. Okay, so fine. You win this round. Somebody else commented on this on, on Reddit. 
that, and I had the same thought that I almost expected the cup to move, but it to turn out to just be like some turbulence. Like she would get momentarily excited, the cup moved. <laughs> I thought it that, would have been okay. Funny. <laughs> that would have been funny. Yeah, that really would have been. I would have enjoyed that if it would have done that, because mm-hmm. um, that would have been felony humor. Oh yeah, would have been know, great. That's 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 right up his uh, right up his alley as to you know what he would have gone through. And there, there's one more thing that I, I want to talk about from this. Because mm-hmm. this kind of changes some of the things that we know about um, Star Wars lore, okay, uh, and the Mandalorians. Now, before we only we uh, Star Wars has only ever talked about one other Mandalorian Jedi, and that right. he was the only Mandalorian to become a Jedi. Yep. Uh, now, Huyang in this episode, who was the the builder of the lightsabers and had a categorical memory of every single lightsaber that was built and who it belonged to and everything else for every single Jedi said uh, in this episode, very few Mandalorians have ever been Jedi before. Yeah. So we've gone from one to very few. Right. So what that does is it, so, you know, there's been all this talk all this whole time about whether or not Sabine is force sensitive, whether or not Sabine is a Jedi, whether or not Sabine is able to do this or that or these other things. So two two interesting comments were made around this same time. Number one, Hu Yang says very few Mandalorians have ever been a Jedi before. So that opens the door. Number two, uh, Ahsoka almost immediately closes the door right back, but leaves it propped open saying, I don't need her to be a Jedi. So she right. doesn't, Ahsoka doesn't care if she's force sensitive, just that she can defend herself and that she can fight with honor. Or that it doesn't matter if she follows Jedi principles. Well, and yeah. um, in an article I wrote before, uh, there's also, because I'm going to keep bringing that up because I can. Um, Sabine does not have to be force sensitive to be a Jedi. Okay. There are other Jedi who were either a uh, had the force, lost the force, and were able to remain Jedi, or who became Jedi without having the power of the force and being able to, you know, to move the things and do the things and talk to the squirrels. Mm-hmm. So it's entirely possible for that to be a thing. Talk to the squirrels. Okay. Hey, if you listen to Freddie Prince Jr., it's a thing. Okay. Fair enough. I'll take that as gospel. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's that's my thought process, is that Sabine can still be a Jedi, and she may very well be a Jedi by the end of this up by the end of this series, but she doesn't have to be a Force-sensitive Jedi. They may make it so that she is a Mandalorian who uh, is unable to attach to the Force, but still wield a lightsaber, not the mm-hmm. Darksaber, still wield a lightsaber, and fight within the Jedi codes. You because as long as you're living by the edicts and living by the codes of a Jedi, you can still be a Jedi without force powers. Yeah. You can. So but yeah, so that was that was just one little thing I picked up on in last night's episode that kind of really made the ears kind of perk up a little bit. That was like, hey, wait a minute. We've only ever talked about one Mandalorian Jedi before, and that's how the Darksaber came to be. Right. And now it's very few. So I don't know why my hands wave like this every time I, you know, like I'm trying to get, convince people that this is actually a thing. Uh, you will believe that. 
You will click the link. You will the click the link in bio and join our Patreon channel. Please. Try that again. It's worth a try. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's entirely a possibility. It really is. But uh, and, and speaking of, you know, that whole Patreon channel thing, if you're interested in finding out more about us and getting some really cool behind the scenes bloopers and thing, fun things, there is a link right there. It's down in the show notes as well. So you guys can go click on that. Go to our Patreon channel. There's five levels of subscription from $1 to $40. And uh, each level has something cool that comes along with it. So trust me, there's some really cool stuff on there that you guys are missing out on if you're not already subscribing to our Patreon channel. Yes, uh, but yeah any other thoughts on uh this week's episode before we wrap up uh this week's episode uh, well like you said it was it was short but a lot happened at that time you know action packed i'm kind of looking forward to episode five just because it's supposed to have a 59 minute runtime i think i think episode five is our uh our thrawn and ezra landing episode probably that's what i I'm, that's where I, that's my that's my thought yeah. I think we won't find out who Maroc is until episode five either. Right. But uh, no, I'm still enjoying the show. It It's still holding up. I don't feel like I need to defend it quite as much as I did Secret Invasion. I don't feel like I have to defend it like I did Book of Boba Fett. There we go. So, which I stopped doing because of Book of Boba Fett. Um, there's other issues, but well, the that's Kitchen a whole... Mr. The KitchenAid chase in Tatooine was just, you know... Uh a little yeah. much yeah the slow motion kitchenaid chase exactly yeah. with 1200 mirrors to blind everybody else from the two sons <laughs> anyway we're getting off on another tangent that would have um, been great actually that would have been brilliant anyway <laughs> all right well hey guys uh just as some quick reminders um clearly we appreciate you guys tuning in with us each and every week not only here on wednesday afternoons but our our friday morning our our pre-recorded episodes and monday nights our live shows and uh, so this past Friday, speaking of The Mandalorian, we interviewed and released a episode with uh, Tate Fletcher, who is Paz Vizsla, the heavy, the heavy Mando uh, on The Mandalorian. And uh, yeah, really cool episode, really cool interview with a guy from here in our home state of Michigan. Yeah, he talks about growing up in Michigan, what that did for him. He was a former MMA fighter, all kinds of cool stuff uh, going on in that episode. And now this is available. Of course, there's some uh, information there on on Tate on our Patreon channel. But this is also, as of last night, available on our Patreon channel as well. This Friday, we're releasing the episode with Danny Jacobs, a voice actor. Uh, You may know him from Madagascar. And as the voice of King Julian, he took over for Sasha Baron Conan in, uh, in Madagascar 2 and has been doing the voice ever since. And we talk about him as Zaz, uh, the assassin from Batman in uh, the <laughs> Arkham Asylum game. He's just a really cool guy. Another Michigan guy. And uh, you'll be able to meet him at the Monroe Pop Festival in Monroe, Michigan on September 15th and 16th. You'll also be able to meet the FSF Popcast. Uh, I'll be there representing the crew and running some panels. Um, uh, John and Kathleen are previously uh, indisposed. So we they will not be able to- yeah, it happens. It does happen from time to time. 
but yeah, stop on by. Uh, so there's still tickets. If you go to, the, if you uh, Google search Monroe Pop Fest, and I believe we have a link down in the show notes. If not, I will make sure that I add one. But uh, uh, two day VIP tickets are only like 25, 30 bucks, and you get a swag bag, and there's all kinds of other cool things. Um, but yeah, there's going to be whole lot of cool people and cool things to see at the Monroe Pop Fest, September 15th and 16th. So yeah, check that out. And so, like I said, we really appreciate you guys stopping by. Hope you enjoyed today's today's show. Looks like Drayton did. Thank you, Drayton. Appreciate you stopping by as well. All right, guys. Uh, on behalf of John and the rest of the FSF crew, just want to say thank you and uh, join our Patreon. Goodbye. Bye. On behalf of the rest of the hosts of the FSF podcast, we want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, please contact us by means of Twitter or Instagram using the handle at FSF Popcast, or go to www.fsfpopcast.com and click on the contact link. Thanks again and hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank <laughs> you.